Hello, Lakerland. It's been about three weeks since the last episode, and I do apologize about that, but uh, my daughter was born, and I thought it would be a good idea to take some time off. So thank you for tuning in to the Lakers Underground podcast. During this episode, we're just going to talk about how wrong I was in the last episode and who exactly is to blame for this season. Of course, last episode, I came out and said that the Lakers were definitely going to make the playoffs and how wrong I was. So here's what has transpired this season, just to get you up to speed that have, you know, gotten us to where we are right now. So last off season, Lakers signed LeBron. We all know this. LeBron reportedly works with Magic to construct a roster, not of shooters, because of what Magic said is that we can't beat the Warriors at their own game. No, we want penetrators, tough guys, so we can zig when others are zagging. Magic and the Lakers then sign Rondo, Stevenson, JaVale McGee, who are all seemingly tough guys in the NBA. Later into the season, just a few games in, we also then sign Tyson Chandler, who's another big tough guy. LeBron and Rondo in, in December get injured and miss a good portion of games. I believe it was about 17 um, that LeBron missed uh, due to injury um, after Christmas Day. I want you to remember that before Christmas Day, when LeBron got injured, the Lakers were 19-14. and 14. After that, so LeBron returns before All-Star break, and the Lakers go 2-4. and four. And around this time, it coincides with the whole Anthony Davis trade rumors in the circus that came along with that. LeBron, after the All-Star break, says he is activating playoff LeBron. But since All-Star break, the Lakers are 2-7. and seven. We played a good hard game to come back and beat the Rockets the very first game back. In a game I had no expectation of us winning, I was excited, like, yes, this is exactly the team that I thought we could be this year, and it's the team I predicted that we would be after the All-Star break. LeBron, Walton, we get the squad out of, the, out of coasting mode and activate into a more intense and focused playoff team. And then we lost to the Pelicans, and then the Grizzlies. <laughs> After that, we beat the Pelicans. But then we lost a really good Bucks team, took some more wind out of the sail. Then we lost the worst team in the NBA in the Phoenix Suns. At that point, the season was over. This was last week. And then now, since then, we've even lost the Clippers, Nuggets. And then finally tonight, we lost the Celtics. So now the big question is that it seems evident this season has been a disaster and who and, and, and what has really caused it. So this this episode is going to be a little different. You know, We're really just going to ask this big question, and then you know, we're not going to be a big, long 20-minute, uh, you know, 30-minute episode today. But again, big question is, is that who or what caused this season to be a disaster? And first off, you have to decide for yourself or really what the organization, like what were the goals? What goal did we have going into the season? Was it simply getting to the playoffs? Was it 
getting to the second round in the playoffs? Was it winning a certain amount of games, like, say, 50 since, you know, it, it's been a while since Kobe? Or, or was it a championship, which is the typical Laker goal every single year? We won a championship. And we were, man, we were, uh, what's the word? We were absolutely blessed to, to have Kobe Bryant for 20 years and to be vying for a championship half or, or most of those years. Again, you, you've got, you've got to dis- define what success looked like this year. And that's really the toughest question for me because deep down, I didn't expect a championship. Although, being a Laker fan, I wanted one and thought, you know what? It is possible for us to win a championship this year if, say, like the Warriors got hit with like the injury bug or something. So I was hopeful. <laughs> it was hopeful something would happen. But the playoffs weren't really the goal for me either. As you know, so I didn't really actually think the championship were happening. I was hopeful, didn't really think it was going to happen. So the playoffs weren't really uh, the goal for me either. As I wouldn't really feel like the Lakers were, you know, quote unquote, back if we made the eighth seed in the playoffs. Like that's that's nothing. That's not that's not something to be proud of. I guess for me, it was really more about something that's just, it's, you can't really quantify like a feeling, you know, it's not quantifiable, but a feeling and a sense that the Lakers were actually relevant again is it's been a while. And, and that really would require, it'd require us to be like a top seed in the league, say like a top five team in the NBA. So like if we finish like top three in the West, even if we didn't beat the Warriors win a championship, that would have given me that sense that, yeah, the Lakers are back. We're one of the top teams in the league, like we always should be. And, you know, obviously that that wasn't going to happen, even from the onset of the season. It just wasn't going to happen. So this really, it's not the easiest question to answer. If it was easy, we probably wouldn't make it the big question for this episode. But the truth is, there are just so many layers to this whole thing. Like, you can't put the blame solely on one thing, such as injuries, or on one person, such as Magic, who puts the team together, or LeBron, who, you know, coaches and puts the team together. <laughs> so, you know, is, is it LeBron injury? Is that what's to blame for this season? Well, no, and, and yes. You see, had LeBron... Yeah, Stay with me here. Had LeBron not gotten injured, we might, big emphasis on might, be in the playoffs, assuming we have the same winning percentage. That's a big assumption. Again, we went, what was that number? 19 and 14 for Christmas Day. So that's a 57.5% win percentage. That calculation would put us in sixth place in the West if the playoffs were starting right now. That puts us against Houston, and I hate to break it to you, but we don't beat them four times out of seven. We barely beat them out of, out of All-Star break that, that first game, and that was mostly because we shot over 80% from the free-throw line, and they shot below 30% from three. Neither of those two things would be consistent in a seven-game series. So to summarize, the injury is partially to blame as it helps to keep us out of the playoffs, assuming our winning um, percentage stayed consistent, which... I don't believe it would have, and you have to see that the eighth seed right now, who is San Antonio, their win percentage is 56%, so if we fall over 1.5%, we're out, 
Like, the West is a tough place to play, and I think LeBron overestimated the strength of the West, uh, the amount of games he, that he took off. I'm not saying he really wasn't injured, but, I mean, come on. It it did seem like he took a, a few extra games there. The answer, to answer the big question, it, it's really everyone. The front office and, and the way they've handled things have made the organization seem like a joke this year, and that doesn't help anything, even on-court stuff. Everybody sees that. It's not going to help. It's distractions. The coaching staff is also partially to blame, which, let, let's face it, like Luke, as much as I really, really wanted him to succeed and do really well and want him to be our coach of the future, you know, somebody who played for great coaches like Phil Jackson, he failed at the probably the number one thing that Phil Jackson was able to do, and that was accountability. Phil Jackson had a unique way of holding players accountable, but even in in-game situations when things mattered, Phil Jackson held his players accountable. He would get, you know, kind of in their face, call a timeout, and he was the first person going after that person that maybe made the mistake that caused us to uh, for that timeout. And that was something that I repeatedly all season looked for in Luke Walton, and I don't think I saw it even once. <laughs> Not even once. So you 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 fail to hold the players accountable, you're not going to win a ton of games. If you have guys that are turning the ball over because they're not just because like uh, I, they were trying on a pass that just it just didn't work. Like that's that's one thing, but it's another thing just to be careless with the ball. That should be a situation where you need to earn your minutes. Sit that player down. Maybe not every time, but. If you see an extra extra uh, sense of carelessness, like that's that's a point you set them down. I saw that a few times with Ingram. Um, as much as I like Ingram, I don't love Ingram, but as much as I like Ingram, the guy can create, but he gets really careless with the ball. Those are times where, as a coach, you can kind of sit that player down and kind of make them really think about that kind of stuff. So, again, failing to hold the players accountable. And then you have players who are to blame obviously most notably of course is going to be LeBron James who is probably still considered the the best player in uh, in the NBA and you know he's seemed man distracted um disinterested I mean really throughout the entire season I mean who drinks wine on their way to a game like that's that's a problem that's a really big problem so um, I wanted to just share like a great article I read uh, that Ramona Shelburne uh, just wrote. And here's just a little bit of it. She says that at this stage in James' career, with three championships, eight consecutive NBA Finals appearances to his name, LeBron is a transcendent star. We all know this. So the Lakers were prepared to do whatever he needed to be happy. He didn't want to have a media conference in Los Angeles before he opened his promised school back in Akron, Ohio. The Lakers said, okay. He talked with Johnson about finding Magic Johnson about finding playmakers and guys known for their toughness. And the Lakers went out. And we got players who fit that description, who were willing to play on one-year deals, which effectively resulted in a roster lacking in shooting and floor spacing. Magic said the Lakers didn't want to make the team like the Cleveland Cavaliers all over again for James. But sure enough, James found himself back in a ball-dominant role though he didn't have the shooters surrounding him to space the floor and open driving lanes lanes to capitalize on his pinpoint passing like he did in Miami and Cleveland. 
So the Lakers are going to miss the playoffs yet again. LeBron James will have a longer offseason than he's had in nearly 15 years. I hope he can get all of his pet projects out of the way this summer so he can focus on basketball next year and bring the title back to Los Angeles. But in the end, with all the distractions and the disappointments, not winning a championship, as the expectation for this season was truly never about that, we don't really find ourselves in any terrible shape yet. We will go more into detail about the offseason in future episodes, but we still have our young core, we still have LeBron, and we still have a chunk of money to throw at free agency. And it's now to magic to bring the next superstar that will not only elevate the team next year, but will lead us into the future post-LeBron. LeBron will only have three years left in this deal. You don't know if he's going to retire or what's going to happen. We don't even know what type of player LeBron's going to be at that point. So if that doesn't happen this offseason, that's when we are in a world of hurt next year. Yet again. Just like we have been for the past three or four years. So thank you all so much for listening to the Lakers Underground Podcast. In the coming episodes, we're definitely going to tackle the question of LeBron's legacy and how this season may impact that legacy. So if you know what's good for you, subscribe. Join us next time. So long.